Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, thanks for stopping by Medicine Hat Studios here in Los Angeles for this special road trip edition of Dodgers Homestand. Our boys in blue are in the teeth of an East Coast road trip after limping out of St. Louis having dropped three of four to the team that they swept at Dodger Stadium earlier this month. Well, it's a baseball truism that it's not so much who you play as when you catch them. Are they slumping? Is their pitching gassed? Are they kicking the ball all over the yard? Well, you never know until you get there. The Dodgers are also facing two of the top Eastern teams in the Atlanta Braves, leading the NL East by four and a half games as we speak, and the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays, who own the best record in baseball at the moment, but who only lead the Baltimore Orioles by three games in the standings. On Memorial Day Monday, the Dodgers welcome the Washington Nationals for a three-game set, and then after a day off Thursday, June 1st, the Dodgers will play host to their ancient rivals, the New York Yankees, the nemesis that the Brooklyn squad finally vanquished in 1955 after several World Series defeats, and who Sandy Koufax and the L.A. team swept in the 1963 World Series. So make your plans to join us for an exciting upcoming homestand. But for now, while the team's on the road, I thought I'd try to hold you over with a very special interview with a very special part of the Dodgers family. Maybe you can guess who he is. He's a former music DJ in New York City. He was at Woodstock in 1969, worked for the aforementioned Yankees and for ESPN before coming to the Dodgers nearly 20 years ago to do the radio play-by-play. You know who I'm talking about? Well, I'll let him introduce himself. Charlie Steiner. Radio broadcaster for the oh, Los oh, Angeles oh, Dodgers. Oh, 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 you, you want job description, too. Well, I'll ask well, about that <clears throat> at some point. Charlie Steiner, and I somehow find my way into Dodger Stadium, whether they want me or not, <laughs> every day. We want you. Oh, bless your heart, Todd. How long have you been coming to Dodger Stadium to do this job? I've been now, this is my 19th season wow. with the Dodgers, and I was with the Yankees three years before that, and ESPN 14 years before that. So I've been now longer with the Dodgers, 19 years, than I was with the Yankees and ESPN combined. It's crazy. Why does time keep going faster and faster the older we get? I don't get that. If you can figure out how to put on the brakes without coming to a dead stop, where do I sign up? You used to also be a music jock as well. Tell me about that uh, part of your career. Well, you have to start somewhere. The short story is when I was seven years old, living in New York, I was listening to the Brooklyn Dodgers on radio, and occasionally they were on television. I heard Vince Scully's voice. I knew immediately that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And a year later, they moved, uh, which kind of put a crimp in my master plan. But I always knew I wanted to be in broadcasting, maybe someday, somehow, I could end up with the Dodgers, and lo and behold, I did. And when you started, as I did in 1967, so do the math, 
you just had to be on the air. And I was always a sports fan. I was always a music fan. And I was one of those underground disc jockeys playing. I was playing classic music when it was new. So I just kind of grew up in it. And broadcasting was something I always wanted to do. And so I've been a music fan, a sports fan my entire life. What's the music that really turned you on back then? Oh, well, again, I, I, as a kid, it was doo-wop. And then it was, you know, your basic rock and roll. And then as the 50s morphed into the 60s and the 60s into the 70s, then it was the Beatles and Bob Dylan and the band. And again, I was so old that in 1967, in the summer of 67, uh, I was in Haight-Ashbury. Summer of Love. Absolutely. Just, again, I just happened to be there then, did not realize that that would become the thing that it was. And I saw all these relatively new bands at the time, uh, whether it was Jefferson Airplane, Big Brother, and The Holding Company, um, at, at the Fillmore East or at the Avalon Ballroom. So it was one of those where I just it all just kind of happened from the ground up. Yeah. So you were you were right there when it all were you a hippie? Yes, sir. And uh, you know, two years later, again, just I was at Woodstock. I was so yes, guilty as charged, <laughs> and happily guilty. Yeah. You so you were of of an age where you might have been inducted into the army or something. Go to Nam. Yes, but it was in their best interest and mine that we not commingle. You know, when they had the, the lottery number, I didn't fare well. 92, I remember. But then, over a couple of years, um, again, I, it was in their best interest and mine that it just didn't work out. And God bless them all. Charlie tells me from an early age, thanks to Vince Scully, when it came to sports, baseball was king. That was always my number one sport because it was the Brooklyn Dodgers. But then, you know, basketball, hockey, football, the gamut. And again, just through this serendipitous career of mine, I end up at ESPN and I have to know everything about everybody in every game every day. And in the years that I was at ESPN, I was like their boxing guy. So I covered all, all the big fights, essentially from Ali Holmes in 81 until Tyson bit Holyfield's ear and I looked into the camera that night and said of Evander Holyfield and a portion of his right ear were rushed to the hospital tonight in separate cars. <laughs> That's what I said and that was the last piece of boxing reportage that I had. Oh, they didn't like that, huh? No, I, I was ready to go and, but, uh, and so I was very happy that uh, at that point I just said, look, I can't do this anymore. This is just not as much fun as it had been. And uh, they had said, well, give us a year and we'll find somebody to replace you. And then after that night, I came back to the office on Monday and I walked into the network president's office. He said, you have fulfilled your bargain. You can go to baseball full-time above and beyond uh, the sports center duties. So what keeps you coming back to baseball? What, what makes every day still fun for you? You know, it's like Vin said, and again, Vin meant so much to me. I mean, he was the reason you and I are talking now. Um, 
it's the people. You know, it's seeing you every day and Dieter every day and Maria every day and, uh, and James every day and Mo and Dwayne and, and David. It, it's the people and the game itself. Once they start playing, there's always that moment of uncertainty just when you think there is certainty. And, and, and to be lucky enough to watch it every day and to describe it, and I much prefer radio to television, and try to paint the picture as best as I can. Each day's a new day, and here we are. It's, we're talking about two hours and 20 minutes before tonight's game, and I've just been down on the field and saw Kenta Maeda. Yeah. So it's the people, it, it's the people, the place, and the things, you know, and, and so, it's fun. It, it's still fun for me. You know, thankfully, I don't travel nearly as much as I used to. But once I'm at the ballpark, you know, it, you, you open the door and you have no idea what's on the other side of that door. So true. Each baseball game is like a present waiting to be unwrapped. A gift that you may love or hate, but you got to open anyway. Charlie Steiner's done plenty of television, but calls games on Dodgers Radio, AM570, LA Sports on iHeartMedia. And the history of radio and baseball are intertwined and symbiotic and even poetic. Each game, as the season progresses, each game has a little more importance. And then once we get into September and October, you know, then you viscerally feel it every day. And so now we are midway through May as we chat. And the Dodgers got off to a mediocre start. Now they're they're red hot, and so you know it, it's it's that roller coaster ride that we take that we share, and I love it. I've always felt that baseball is a real radio game. It just plays so beautifully on the radio, and when the Dodgers are on, on the road, I don't tune into the games on TV. God knows I see enough baseball at home, but I want to listen to you and and Rick Monday yeah. and and. What's the difference in describing baseball rather than doing it on TV? Well, the, the big difference is on television, everybody sees the same thing at the same time. And your job as the television announcer is just to provide perhaps a little insight or the right adjective or the right verb and the, just to fit the moment. On radio, you're painting the picture. You have to do everything. Uh, who's on who's on first I don't know who's on second and all that but you know what kind of a lead is the sun now a factor the wind John Miller and I years ago were sitting around having this very conversation John Miller the great Giants broadcast absolutely absolutely and and you know in those days I was doing the Sunday night games on radio and he was doing the Sunday night games on ESPN television and we we're in New York and we we're having uh, an adult beverage and we're talking about our profession and, and John said it perfectly he said you just tell them what you see and what's different about me or any other broadcaster is that we are individuals we have our own sensibilities our own personas and then we share our experience with what we see to whatever minute detail seems appropriate is the pitcher going from a stretch? Is he going from the windup? How, how much of a lead does that runner have at first base? Who's on deck? What's what's going on in the dugout? Are they going to have a pinch hitter coming up? Who's in the bullpen? What is the moment that's going on precisely at this at this 
juncture. And it's one thing just to see it and take that in as either a fan or me sitting up in the PA booth, but you have to know what you're going to be describing and what's going to be pertinent to the listener. Well, that that that's entirely up to them. I can't tell you how many folks will say before a game, have a good game. And I'll say it's entirely up to them. And it, and, and it truly is. And, and, and the game is always bigger than we are. I think a lot of announcers make a mistake thinking people are tuning in to listen to them. They're not. We just happen to be the messengers. And especially for somebody stuck on the 10 or the 405 or whatever it may be, we are in the uh, passenger seat. And we're just talking to the driver or anybody else who happens to be in the car at that moment or wherever it may be. We're, We're trying to paint the picture in their mind of what's going on while they are hopefully keeping both hands on the wheel and their eyes on the road. Well, Charlie's had his eyes on the ball for all of us for nearly 20 years now. He's seen a few things on the diamond, but tells me some games really stand out. Well, there have been so many wonderful moments, but I think when I look back, is, is there one day, one game that stands out? I think it was against the Padres in 2006, the four home runs in a row in the bottom of the ninth. Kent, J.D. Drew, Russell Martin, Marlon Anderson. Marlon Anderson. And, and, and then and Nomar's walk-off in the 10th. It was such an improbable victory. Folks were leaving the stadium. I remember looking out, and there were you know the brake lights of cars that were leaving, and suddenly they were making U-turns to come back. That game, because, again, the improbability of that moment, it's, it's those moments that keep asking from before that keep bringing me back maybe we can see that again yeah and do we just have a legendary moments that that talked about that you narrate that for us on dodger vision and you do a fantastic oh. job with those legendary moments but that that game came up was that was padres it? were in town oh that's and right and so we, we put together three legendary moments involving uh the padres beating the padres yeah oh you know they're having a much harder time these days than we are yes they are so what, in your opinion, makes Dodger Stadium a real, I don't know, piece of hallowed ground? The fact that it has aged so gracefully since 1962. We should all age as gracefully as Dodger Stadium has. You know, looking out at the San Gabriel Mountains and the palm trees, and oh, by the way, there is this beautiful diamond out there, and we average 48, 49,000 fans every night. There's great electricity, great theater. And again, talking about from the very beginning, just seeing the people here day in and day out, me and Mo and Dwayne and David in our booth, seeing you and D. There's a continuity. It's like, okay, all of the other nonsense that we have to deal with in life, that can be set aside for several hours and let's go play some games and get paid for it. Can't beat that. No, you can't. And it's hard to beat the radio play-by-play team of Charlie Steiner and Rick Monday with Dwayne McDonald in the booth and Colin Yee back in the AM570 Burbank Studios, Dodgers pregame with Tim Cates, and postgame Dodger talk with David Vassay. They've got you covered whenever you're stuck in the car or can't get to a TV. Tune them in on the radio or stream the games on the iHeartRadio app. There's just something about baseball on the radio while you're enjoying a Memorial Day barbecue.
That's going to do it for this special road trip edition of Dodgers Homestand. Happy Memorial Day to you and yours, with a special salute to those service members who made the ultimate sacrifice for this great country. The Dodgers will be back home Memorial Day Monday, and I'll see you at the ballpark. Good evening and welcome to Dodger Stadium, the home of your Los Angeles Dodgers. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs>